So if you have your Bibles, grab those. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter uh, 2 is where we'll be. We'll start in verse 42 here in a few, uh, few minutes. And so um, just laying before us just some, uh, some targets or some goals, uh, just some things that I'm praying and asking God. I believe he's uh, laid before me to uh, put before us uh, some things uh, for us as his people, his church, uh, more specifically, uh, new life uh, for us to, uh, to shoot at, to go for. Uh, I said a few weeks ago, oh, didn't say that. Where am I at? Right there we go. I said this a few weeks ago, my bad. You're getting all the sermon. You don't need it now. Nope, there it is. That you'll never hit a target that's not set out. That, that we will never hit a target that's not set out. Uh, or if we do hit a target that's not set out, we'll just kind of make that a target that really wasn't a target. And I don't want us to do that. I want us to be intentional this year. I want us to uh, uh, be very focused in on, and I want us to do some things uh, at, at a better level or at a better pace uh, or, or with a greater awareness. And so I just believe these are uh, some of the targets and, and goals that, that God has, has laid before us. Um, and, and the reality is this, church, every goal, every target that we lay before you is always going to be run through the filter of, does this bring glory and honor to God? Does this make much of him? Does this put on display uh, his beauty and his greatness? And so just to kind of uh, recap a little bit of where we've been so far is this, is the first thing uh, that, that we're wanting every one of our people to do is to share the gospel with somebody. Even if you're not our people, if, if you're a believer in Jesus, we want you to tell somebody about Jesus. We want you to tell somebody about who you would say, because as a believer, what you're saying is that Jesus is the greatest love of your life. Jesus is the most important thing in your life. And so why would you not tell people about the most important thing in your life? Why would you not share that uh, with other people? And so the goal that we've set is a thousand people, that, that we want to share the gospel with a thousand people this year. As a body, as a people, we want to tell others about Jesus. And so what that looks like is this, is that we need to be averaging about 84 people a month. 84 people a month of sharing the gospel to hit that thousand people goal. Because what I've seen in scripture, what I've read in scripture is this, is that salvation is through the gospel. Salvation is through us taking and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And in that, the Holy Spirit works. And in that, the Holy Spirit draws. And in that, the Holy Spirit convicts. And in that, the Holy Spirit saves. And so we just get to play, we just get to play a part in that. But we, we've been invited in to tell people of the glorious news of Jesus Christ. And so that goal is a thousand people. And what we've got on the board out here in the lobby is a, is a target. And on that target, there are some crosses. And so when you share the gospel, when you share the gospel with someone, get one of those crosses and put it on the target. 84 this month, that's what we need. That's what we're pressing for. That's what I want to lay before you. 84 times this month that we can share the gospel with someone. Do that 12 months. We will share the gospel over a thousand times and imagine what God will do with that. Imagine what God will do with us just telling people about Jesus. The next goal is what we looked at last week was this, is that go make disciples, the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Go make disciples of all nations. Every people everywhere is who we want to reach. And we want to take the gospel to every people everywhere. And in that, when God saves, we want to intentionally walk alongside of we want to intentionally walk alongside to see them grow, to see them mature, to see them uh, uh, come to know Jesus in a deeper level to the point of where they grow and they mature and they can go do the same thing. Uh, whether it be here in our hometown, whether it be uh, uh, Judea, Samaria, to the end, we want to go to the ends of the earth. We want to see the world know Christ as Lord and Savior. We want to see the world grow and mature. And so one of the ways that we're going to do that is we're going to launch a DNA group. And this will be something that will happen so often. But, but the DNA group will just be a very intense, small group that will train and model for about 13 uh, to 16 weeks how to disciple, how to walk with someone. It'll give us rails to run on what this means. We've defined what a disciple is. We've, we've talked about it a little bit. We'll see uh, even some more this morning of, of how this is lived out, how this happens um, as we are living life, as we are I'm following Jesus and pursuing him, what this looks like. We'll see that even more today. But we want to we home in, and we want to be very, very intentional. And we want to walk with, and we want to show and, 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 and model all the more so that we can raise up people. And that, we just believe that this will be a vehicle that will help aid in, in us uh, launching more life groups. Uh, us being able to uh, see families discipled. Us being able to uh, see people at their work being discipled. Their kids being discipled. We just, we want, we want to be very, very intentional this year with living out what we believe God has called us to be about and doing. That's make disciples. 
We believe it starts with sharing the gospel, and we believe it, it, it starts with being uh, uh, intentional and walking with and having deeper conversation than just, hey, how, how's the tires on your car? Or how did your team do? Or what about that hangnail you had two weeks ago? Uh, we we want to go deeper. I don't know why I go hangnail. Like, like nobody's even told me that anyways. Um, so so how, how are we going to gauge this? How, what, what is that target going to look like? So th- this, this, is, this is one of the goals we're setting before us is this, is that through, through that, through this, is that we'll be able to launch six more uh, life groups. But we want to launch six more life groups. It's one of those life groups being a, a men's group. And so then with that, what we need is we need six to eight new life group leaders, which what's been amazing is this past week, I've, I've had about three to four people approach me saying, hey, let's do this. I, I want to be part of that DNA group. I want to, I want to get in. I want to walk with that. I want to know more. I want to see what that looks like. I, I'm, I am willing to be used. And so what we, that's what we need. That's what we're looking for. And we need six to eight in order to be able to hit this mark here. We want 80% of the people that come here to be in a life group. 80% of the people. Right now, we run roughly about 45% of the people. We want 80%. I mean, I'm, I'm shooting for 100, but, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So I'm asking God to give us 80% of people in a life group doing life together, walking around, uh, and, and being connected in such a way that the Word of God uh, uh, dictates and drives, that there's, that there's real uh, community and conversation around the Word of God. That there's, there's life on life happening whereby uh, we are encouraging, we are challenging, we're going uh, to do what we see this morning in the scripture. That's what we're praying for. And, and I would even go as far as to say this, is that if you only have an hour to give a week, I would much rather you be in a life group than I would you gathered in this place sitting here this morning. I just believe life on life, the way, the way that we can open up God's word and talk about it and journey together uh, uh, and, and look at it and allow it to just shape us and form us and mold us all the more. I mean, you just got the crazy guy up on the stage screaming at you, and then you come down, and then you go out, and then it's over. But, but when, we, when we do life on life, man, we, we, we're connected in such a way of, of where, man, we're checking on each other. We're around God's word, and we're having conversation around God's word. What does that mean? What does that do? How does that press on my life? How does that, what, what, is, what is God calling me to as a result of? What kind of convictions have I felt uh, uh, from his word? Or what kind of, uh, what has the Holy Spirit pressed upon me? And getting to do that together in a group and walk and see what God, how he can shape and mold us and form us. And hear me, I'm not saying that we don't need this. We, we need to gather corporately as the body. We need to celebrate corporately as the body. But what I'm saying is this. I've just seen God do some amazing work in smaller groups. Amazing work in smaller groups. And so this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look at Acts 2. And what I want to do is I want to look at community. I want to follow out more this thought of, of, of doing life together, this thought of, of being connected together. And, and the verbiage that you see, the verbiage that you see in the scriptures is verbiage like this, adopted in. That we have become a part of the family of God. And so when I think of community, when I think of the church, that's what I think of. I go back to 16 years ago when God moved us to South Carolina, fresh out of college, just married, didn't know anybody, and how the church became our family, how we got to see this scripture lived out in our life, what the church has meant to us, what community, what fellowship has, has meant to us, and what God has, has done in us as a result of that, the relationships that we've had, the encouragement that we've got, I mean, the conviction and, 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 the, and the challenges from, from people in our lives to, to walk closer to God, to be able to confess sin to. Man, there's nothing like community like that. There's nothing, nothing like that, that that even comes close to in this world to, to be known by someone in such a way that they care for well, that they push all the closer to Jesus, that they encourage, that they hold accountable. I mean, there is nothing like living out what we're going to see here in Acts 2, starting with verse 42. And right out of the gate, this is what's said. It says, and they, they being the disciples, they being uh, the church, they devoted themselves and so I just, I just want to talk for a minute about this word devoted. When you see devoted here, it just means given over to. It means to study. It means to go all in. It means, it means being committed to. That, that they were devoted. They were all in. They were given over to, uh, uh, to something. Or we're going to see the something here in a few minutes. And, and I just believe that this is something that we need to look at, we need to talk about for a minute, because I believe, I believe we struggle uh, for some reason when it comes to being devoted to the things of God or devoted to the church, or, or when it talks about spirit, when we think about spiritual things and devotion, um, uh, it, it gets to be a little bit, ah, I don't know about that. 
But man, we can be devoted to so many other things. Can we not? I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm no different. We can, we can be devoted to, we can be all in on so many other things. We can be so committed to so many other things. But when it comes to being devoted to what we're going to see here this morning or devoted to the Lord or devoted to, uh, uh, to following after Him, it's like that devotion fails miserably compared to the other devotions in our life. Fails miserably. It, it, it's funny because it, it is it's kind of always like the running, running joke is if, if it rains on a Sunday, you're going to be down at least 20%. At least, but if it rains on a Saturday when Clemson's at home, or a Sunday when Carolina, or if our kids have a game, or if we got a vacation planned, or if, I mean, it doesn't seem to stop or hinder our devotion then, or if if or if the church asks us to do something, or asks us to go a little bit further in, or asks us to give a little bit more of ourselves and our life and our time, it's, it's just it, this devotion as we look at it, and as we're about to see here, I'm afraid that, that we've we've missed it. That, that as we gauge our devotion to what we see here in the scriptures, how would we how would we measure up? And this is a question that I've asked myself all week. Because it's easy to be the guy that stands on the stage and tells everybody else what they're doing wrong. Or to open up God's word and to, to, uh, uh, to bring it to you and to say these things. Uh, it's, it's easy to do that, but, but God, what about me? Am, am I devoted like this? Am, am I all in like this? Jesus even says it this way for him, that, if, that if, if you love anything else, anyone else more than you do him, you're not worthy. That our devotion and our love to him should be of utmost, greatest, to the point where our love for him looks like hate for everything else. Looks like hate for everything else, whether relationships, stuff, whatever it may be. And so I think we just need to, to get a better understanding of their commitment level here. We need to look at it. And, and these verses will, will, help, will help guide us because I know the inclination of the human heart is we always think of ourselves a little bit better than probably what it really is. We always kind of assess ourselves a little bit further down the road than maybe we really are. So when we use words like devoted, yeah, I'm devoted. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm given over to. But, but are, are we really? And I know what intentions do. I know what talk does. It, it can be very, very cheap if it's not followed up by action. And I believe for too long that we as the church, we, we've done that. We've, we've said the right, we know the right things to say. We, we know the right things to point to. But, but, but do our actions reflect the words of our mouth? And I want to use these next few verses to kind of gauge that. So this is, this is, what, this is what's said here, Acts 2.42. And they uh, devoted themselves, what, to the apostles' teaching. So what, what do they devote themselves to? First of all, they vote, devote themselves to God's word. They, they devoted what we would know now here and what we have as, as God's word. At, at this time, the con, this context, because they didn't have, uh, the word of God wasn't readily available. Uh, they didn't have all of uh, the, the, the letters yet. They didn't have any of the stuff that we have today uh, in, in regards to the New Testament and to regards to some of that. They had the law. That's what they had. They had the law, um, but, but it wasn't like in, in everyone's house or everyone's hut. They didn't have a copy of it uh, readily available to them. So what they would have to do is they'd have to lean on the apostles, They'd have to lean on the apostles. They'd have to hear what they say. Uh, uh, it, would, it would be uh, um, spread through, through, through mouth. They, they would do things like that, and they would have to lean in on uh, what has God said through them. What, what has the law said? What is, and that's what they would lean on, and they were devoted to that. And so for us as the church today, one of the things that we must be devoted to is the Word of God. The Word of God in our life must take precedence over every other thing. Church, that is what guides us and what leads us. That's what instructs us. That's, that's what allows us to do relationship with the Lord is the word of God. And so we need to know how to study the Bible. And so one of the things that we want to do is we want to lay before you an opportunity to do that. We, we want to have some times where you can gather in this place and we can, uh, we can walk with you on how to study the scriptures, how to get in the word of God. And so what we're doing in February, the 3rd, the 10th, and the 17th, it's a Friday night, 
730, and it's for men only. We're going to gather here, and if you would, come and learn how to read the Scriptures. Learn how to study the Bible. Learn how to get in it. We're going to follow the pattern of, of, of living by the Word. We're going to look at that. We're going to walk through that. There'll be, uh, it'll be video-driven with conversation, and it'll be um, uh, uh, facilitated. But it's getting in God's Word, learning how to study God's Word. And then what we're going to do starting in, uh, on Sundays in February 12, 19, and 26, we'll be for everybody, anybody. 6 p.m., we'll gather here, and it'll be the same thing. But you can bring your family, you can bring your kids, you can bring, bring whoever you want to to learn how to study the, study the Word of God, to, to navigate through the Word of God. So it's the Scriptures. It's us growing close to the Lord. It's us hearing from Him. It's us walking relationally through His Word. And what I know to be true is this, is that we've got the Holy Spirit to help us. And as believers, there should be a draw to be in God's Word. There should be a hunger to be in God's Word, to know what He has said, to, uh, to grow relationally with Him, to hear from Him. That's how we, that's how we do that. And so my fear is that for too long the church has did a lot of talking with the Word of God and a lot of, of saying things about the Word of God without maybe really knowing what the Word of God says. And we've got to be people of the book. We've got to be people of the Bible. The Scriptures matter and mean something. And it's not just another book that, that, that sits on our shelf. It shouldn't be the, the last resort. It should be the, the first desire is what it should be. And so I think for me, the, the heartbreaking thing and experience that I've, I've kind of walked through is the, is the lack of biblical competency in the church. The lack of biblical competency. Knowing what God's word says. Knowing how to defend your faith. If someone was to ask you or say something about a certain verse or, or to kind of uh, press you a little bit about what you believe and why you believe it, would you be able to defend it? Would you be able to articulate and explain what the Word of God says about certain things. And, and then I think another thing that's happened too with our, 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 our competency and a lack of competency uh, in, in the Word is that, is, that, is that we don't know the standard that God has set. That, that we do things or say things or act certain ways because we don't understand and know that God has set a standard. And church, we have. Yes, we are under grace. We are under mercy. All day, every day, thank God. But we're also under the, the holy creator of the universe who has set a standard for us, who has set expectations for us, who has called us to more, who, who, has, who has raised the bar through the, his son Jesus. That is our standard. That is who we, we chase after. That's who we live like. The apostle Paul even says it. Yes, yes, follow me as long as I am following the Lord. But the standard has been set in God's word. And we're to live by it. We're to live by it. Not, not the culture, not what the world says. Not, not the standards that it has put out there. But what God's word says. That's what directs us. That's what, that's what we always circle our life back around to. I, I had the privilege to have a conversation this week with someone. And as I did, I just, uh, at the beginning of the conversation, I said, look, man, I, I, this is not to be offensive. This is not to be mean. This is not to be judgmental. Uh, but, but I just want to know, make sure I understand that, that we're on the same page. And when we use certain words, we can define those certain words in certain ways. Uh, and, and so I just, I just asked, hey, are, are you a believer? Are you a born-again believer of Jesus? Have you put your faith and trust in him? Have you seen yourself as, as lost and sinful and undone and in need of a Savior? And the response was yes. I said, well, then praise God, we can circle back and we can land at. We can take feelings out of it. We can take selfish thoughts out of it. Because our God has spoken. Our God has given us direction, has, has told us how to, what to, and has even, has even pressed upon the motives of our heart. That's what the, God, the Word of God does. And church, we have got to be devoted to devoted to the Word of God. The second thing we see here is this, is they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and what? To the fellowship. The, the fellowship. Here, here, fellowship is referring to the shared union, the shared participation that, that was had together with Christ. The, the shared union, the shared participation. That, that, that's, 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 it's all about Jesus. That's what he's talking about. The thought here, as, as you see fellowship, it's, it's this thought of stimulating one another to righteousness and obedience. 
fellowship, stimulating one another to righteousness and to obedience. It's walking at a deeper level, having conversation at a deeper level, truly caring about the soul of the person that you, that you relationally walk with. Caring, I mean, pressing them to, stimulating them what? To righteousness. Man, man, how are you living? How are you doing? How are you following Christ? What does your obedience look like? It's the thought of doing life together, spending time together, caring for one another. With, with the, the major, the major um, uh, push is around the word of God and the truth that he has shared and, and, and given us. We do this inside the walls, but church, we've got to do it outside the walls. F- fellowship isn't just on Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Fellowship has to happen outside of these walls in homes, in communities, uh, everywhere that we go. It has to happen. Uh, John Piper says this about fellowship. He says this. He says, fellowship is believers having a mutual bond with Christ that unites us in relationship of love that should express itself in joyful and affectionate service to each other's good. That's what he says. It's, it's fellowship is us having a mutual bond with Christ. The very glue that holds us together is the reality of who Jesus is and what he's done and what he's accomplished in us. What he's rescued us from. That's what he's talking about. That's that bond that holds us. That's what unites us. And then relationally, just walking with each other, caring for one another. What it comes down to is is whenever Jesus was approached, he said, hey, what's the greatest commandment? They're trying to catch Jesus in something here. Uh, The religious of the day are trying to do away from him, discredit him, want, want want to shut him up and get rid of him. And they say, what's the greatest commandment? And what does Jesus say? He says, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, the second is like the first, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And then they kind of get cute about, well, who's your neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And church, we know who our neighbor is. It's not the one that resides next to us. It's the one that we bump, we bump into at the store. It's the one that we rub shoulders with at work. It's the one that we, uh, uh, that, that we see everywhere. It's, it's everyone everywhere. It's to care for and love and go after everyone everywhere. And it's, and it's driven by our love for God. Why? Because we, we know that love because he first loved. And so when we, when we taste of that, when we see that, when we experience that, when we, when we are awakened to that reality, then it flows from us too. It flows from us too. That bond unites us in relationship and it expresses itself in joyful and affectionate service for each other's good. For each other's good. He, and he, he goes on, he says this in, in verse 42, he says this, and to the breaking of the bread, breaking of the bread is just uh, participation of, of the Lord's Supper. Just simply saying this, and, and you, you know what communion is, right? Communion is when we, when we gather together as the body and we, we take of the bread and we take of the, uh, of the juice or the wine and, and what it is is a symbol of, of what Christ has done for us. And, and when we take of that, when we partake of the elements uh, of the table, what we're saying to this world is, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a born again, uh, 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 adopted in child of God. And I'm saying to the world that I believe he is who he says he is. That's, that's what communion is. That's what we gather and do when we, when we partake of the elements of the table. Uh, is, is we, we declare to the world we believe that Jesus Christ isn't just a good guy. Isn't just a prophet. But that he is the living son of God. That he is God in the flesh. So we're devoted to that. We're devoted to, to praying is what he says there in verse 42. And it's just spending time before God talking, listening, sharing, calling out. Prayer is, prayer is us depending on God. Prayer is intimacy with God. Prayer is, is relationship with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is talking to God, whether, whether that's just in the middle of the day as you're going or if that's in the, uh, in the early morning or late at night when you have those times set aside where you just focus in on and you just, you just, you just turn everything off. And you're just in silence before the Lord, communicating, talking, listening, relationally walking with. And then look, look at what happens when Christian fellowship of this magnitude is lived out. Look, look at what happens in, in verse 43. Whenever they're, they're devoted in such a way to, to the apostles' teaching, when they're devoted in, in, in such a way to, to fellowship and to, uh, uh, to, to breaking of bread and to, and to praying, look at, look at what happens in verse 43. It says, and all came upon every soul. I mean, I mean the church has changed. The, the, church, the church is affected by this. And believers, believers see and understand and recognize, even so to the point that, that I believe the world takes notice. 
See, see what sets us apart, what, what gets, our, gets the world's attention is not, is not how we're like them, but how we're different than them. How we respond in difficulty. How, how, we, how we celebrate even in the, in the difficult of times. Like, like this week, as I, was, as I was talking to Denise, Denise had the open heart surgery. We prayed for her. She's back at home now. And as, as I talked to her this week and had a conversation with her, I'm like, I'm like, like girl gets it. I mean, if, I don't know about you. Like, if I'm laid up in the hospital and they, they I, that's me. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm just laying there. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't know what I'd do. I wouldn't be in a good place. I mean, she's there, just had her chest cracked. She just had, and she's telling people about Jesus. She's using it as a platform and an opportunity to tell people. About, she has suffered well. Church, church that's, that's craziness. That's the kind of craziness that gets the attentions of the nurse. That's the kind of craziness that, that makes the world say, oh, okay, hold, hold up a second. So you're cool with that? You're, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. Why? Because God's got a plan. God's working and doing. God, God is using this for his glory and for his honor. This is not my life. I don't get a say in what happens, what doesn't. He is already determined. I just want to walk in glad obedience to that, whatever it may be. And I want to use every opportunity, whether it's open heart surgery, whether it's being fired from my job, whether it's, it's whatever the difficulty or struggle may be, what? For the glory of God and an opportunity to share. And church, when we do that, when we live that way, that gets traction in the world. That gets the attention of the world. That, that does some things in the heart of people. All came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Many wonders and many signs. And God is working and doing in the church, and it affects, it affects the world in a way that, that draws the world. That's what it does. And look in verse 44. It says, And all who believed were together and had what in common? All things. All things in common is what they had. It's not like, hey, what team do you like? Okay, so, so Clemson here, we got Carolina there, West Virginia in the back. I mean, it, it's, it's, not, it's not like that. It, it's so much, or, or, or hey, what, what boutique do you shop at? Where do you get your hair done? Where, it, it's so much deeper than, than those type of things. It's, it, it's true community. They had all things in common. It's much deeper than surface level. It's Jesus. He is the commonality. He is the glue that holds us together. He is the one that, 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 that binds us. It's I was lost and done for, but, but he rescued and he redeemed me. You too, brother? Tell me your story. I mean, that connects us because your story is my story. And my story is your story. And it's a story of glory and grace and mercy. And that's the glue that holds us together. That's what propels us. That's what binds us. That's what's, that's what's bound them in this moment, in this day. It's not if you're young or you're old. That's not what it's about, all those young people. They're just so, and, and the young people, all those old people, they're just such a, and, and, and it's like, it's not bad. Who cares how old or young you are? It's Jesus. Get over your age. It's not about that junk, that ridiculousness. It's not, a, it's not about whether you have money or you don't have money. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have kids or you don't have kids. The commonality and the bond is Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're from the north. My northern brother just helped me out. Truth be, I'm a northerner. You all have ruined me, and now ruined. What's that even mean? See, I'm so confused, y'all. It's not about whether you're from the north or from the. That's ridiculous talk. Oh, bless their little heart. Bless his little heart. He's just confused. God will. No, he's not. He knows what the word of God says, and he knows what the the binding factor is. The factor that ma it doesn't matter where you've moved from migrated from, where you've come from. All that matters is, are you his or not his? You're his, well, praise God, we've got, we've got more in common than you could ever imagine. No kids? Okay. 75? Cool. Jesus, that's all that matters. That is the commonality. He is our commonality. And our love for him, that's what matters. And it's so present in, and real in these believers that they care for authentically, truly, and that they're committed to. They love one another. They really care. So much so that it, that it leads to sacrifice for one another. So much so that it is going to radically, radically flip things. Why? Because talk is cheap, is it not? Talk, talk is cheap. D to say that I love you or to say that I care about you or to say that Jesus matters or to say, that, to say those things and then not have a life that, that lives that out. 
that, that walks that out. See, that's not happening here in the early church. That's not what's taking place. Now, now hear me, it's going to creep in, and that's what, that's what we get in the New Testament. Paul writes to correct what their doctrine, their theology, their, their disobedience. He, he writes and he corrects, and he loves them, and he, he cares for them in that regard. But, but you don't see that here yet. I mean, this is first generation new. I mean, this is doing life in a whole different way. I mean, God is blessing and he's working and he's doing and the world is being flipped upside down. I mean, I mean that's what's happening. Look, look at what this love and care for one another does in verse 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to those who they background checked and made sure and weren't standing at the red light uh, and they really, really knew uh, to anything that they had need of. No, it doesn't say that there, does it? No. Because that's not love. That's not true, true caring for. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings and they were distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. That's what the early church did. It, it affected them in such a way and it did so much in them, so much so that, that, that they held their own possessions with a light grip. And not mine. It's the Lord's. It's, and see, the, the problem, I think, today with, with the church or even with believers is, is, that, is that we love our stuff more than we love God. So see, we, we've gotten into that, that cycle of uh, uh, we love what God can do for us more than we love God himself and what he's already done. We, we love what he, he, can, he can give us or what he can uh, uh, supply for us in that moment or what he can, uh, what, what he can do. He, we, we love his trinkets and his toys. We're like a kid at Christmas that when they open the present, well, I wanted the blue one. You're kidding me? I'm not taking that. I don't want... And that's not what's happening here. That's not what's happening. They, they loved Jesus with everything. So much so that they, they were willing to, to make sacrifices possessions were not theirs. They, they were ready to use it at a moment's notice when, 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 when the time was right or when something arose. And it's because this practice here was connected with having all things in common. It was a real care and love for one another. And, and so let me, let me lovingly just, just push for a moment. Who, who do you care for? Who, 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 have you, who have you been connected with so much so that, that you've lived this out? Can you imagine the impact that we would have? Can you imagine what God would do in us and through us if we lived this way? I mean, that we were so much devoted, so devoted to his word that, yeah, we're gonna look crazy, we're gonna be judged, we're gonna be talked about, we're gonna be looked at the crazy folk that, that do that Jesus thing, but, but man, something about them. And the way that they live life and do life together the, the, way, the way that they, they, they interact with each other, the way that they give the benefit of the doubt to, good lanes is 2023. When's the last time you give the benefit of the doubt to someone? When was the last time you, I mean, I mean we, we are on edge 24-7, are we not? I mean, we, we want somebody to do something to us so we can blow up. We want, we want the waitress to get it wrong. Like, we want the restaurant. We, we want people to, I mean, we do, we, oh. We're ready to just go off. But I think the going off that we should be doing should be much, much different than what I've just described. It should be like what we see here, that, that we care for so much so, that we're connected so much so through that bond that is Jesus. And so he goes on in verse 46, and, and if you just want, okay, okay I, I, maybe I can do that. Like I can give you one, one day a week, maybe two, we can press it, maybe three. But, but look at what it says here in verse 46. It says, how day by day, attending the temple together. So, so this, this was a daily thing for the church. This, this was a daily, ha this was regular and consistent. It wasn't just, oh, I got a small group on Tuesday night, or oh, well, we've got church on Sunday morning. It, 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 was, it was, they were connected, loving, and caring for each other in such a way. Day by day, it says. And they would worship, they would praise that would be their daily focus. They were devoted to and committed to these things. Day by day, it says, and we're doing what? And breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. They're doing life together. They cared for one another. They gather around the table and they share a meal. They genuinely love each other and worship the Lord. They were connected. 
they were connected and they cared. They cared about who, who was a part of the body, who was a part of the gathering. They, 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 they cared. I, I think the thing for me that, that I've seen in the churches that I've been in, and I think it's, I think it's just even here. If we're, just, we, we're doing work this morning, right? Let's just do work, right? We, 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 can, we can talk, yeah. Well, we're going to talk. I think the thing that I've seen in the church for, for too long is that, is that we're, we're really, really welcoming, but we're not very inviting, Okay, okay. I heard it. Come on, let's go with it. Okay, we're going to do it. Um, I, I can remember for me, in, in the first church I went to as a student pastor when I moved here, um, one of the big things in the interview process is, man, there's a lot of cliques in this youth group. There's a lot of cliques, and we don't like clicky stuff. I said, okay. I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I, okay, sure. Um, and so, so I get in there, and I kind of see, like, there's this, this group here, and they didn't really care for that group there, and that group had this, and it was, and it was like all this, 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 and I was just like, what in the world? And, I, and so, I, so I got to see real, real fast of, of what they meant and what, what was happening. And I think the thing that I've learned over the years is, you know why our kids act like that? Because we do. I'm just saying. Uh, who have you said hey to here today that you don't know? Or who have you said hey to? Because what's so funny, and I always do this, and I kind of joke about, like, this side of the church. Did you know that there's a side over there? Hey, and did you know that there's a side over there? Those people? Can I tell you some things about those people? But see, you really don't know because like we never wander across. And if we happen to kind of bump shoulders in, in the lobby, oh, hey, yeah, and kind of keep going because they sit on that side or we don't really know. Or we, and, 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 that's, and it's just like this. We don't really mingle. We don't really. And what I've learned and what I've seen is, is, that, is, that, is that our kids act the way that they see us act a lot of the times. When was the last time you stepped out of your comfort zone and said hey to somebody that you don't know? When was the last time you stepped out of your comfort zone and went and had lunch with somebody? Or even today, I want to put you on the spot, even today. Who are you going to invite to take out to lunch or to go to lunch with today? That maybe you don't know here, this side that sits over here and this side that sits maybe over there. I'm, I'm just saying, that's what the early church did here. They cared for one another. They wanted to know who was here. They, wanted to, they weren't just welcoming. Hey, how you doing? I'll shake your hand. Just get them in there and get them away from me. And then never, ever ask them again to do anything else or, or never even really check up or even care if they're here anymore. Or even, and never do anything like that. We'll be welcoming and say, hey. But we won't care enough for and be devoted enough for and understanding that our bond with Jesus is the main thing. Man, that opens up the door for me to do a relationship with you. For me to care about you and ask how, are your, how your week's going. Uh, for, for me to spend time with you and really be concerned about your soul. I mean, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be welcoming, but we won't be inviting to that point. And so, so I want to I wanna crowd participation for just, just a moment. And, and I just want to kind of get a gauge on the room for a second. I, just, I, I want us to see for a moment kind of what we're dealing with, who we are, what, what God has done and accomplished uh, over the last few uh, years. And so uh, the poll that I want to take is this. I just want to show of hands. I just, just kind of keep them up for a second. Um, but, but if you're here today and you have came uh, either today or in, in the last six months, if that's you, would you raise your hand? In the last, no, in the last, you've been here longer than that. But I'll help you, dude. Just hang with me. Yeah, you've been here longer than that. So in the last six months, this is you coming in. Okay? Now leave him up, leave him up, leave him up. Look, look, I, want to, I, I want to look around. Look. So if you've been here longer than six months and you haven't said hey to somebody in this room with their hand up, shame on you. It, it's not their fault. It's our fault. All right, what about in the last year? No, no, keep those hands up. So that, that's in year, a year. If, you, if, if it's been, okay, in the last year, I, I've, I've kind of wandered into to new life and I've made my way and I'm here. All right. If your hand is down and you don't know them, that's your fault. What we see in the scriptures here is that they cared for one another. And this is what I'm talking about, being, being a, a welcoming but not inviting. If your arm gets tired, just switch hands. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm, all right. The last two years, if you've come through these doors and you're here today within, because in the last two, hands up, and even like the six monthers, monthers and the years, all right, good. Three years. You've been here for three years. Four years. Within the last four years, yeah. All right, put your, put your hands down. You see what I'm saying? Do we, really, do, we, do we really live this out? Do we do this? Do we really care for one another like this? What, what, what about this? What about this? Have, have, um, let me see. If you've been here, if you were here whenever I took over as pastor, 
So look at me, new lifers. It's our responsibility, everybody else that don't have their hand up, to know and walk with and care for and to pull in. All right, hands down. What about this? Um, what, what it, were you here before I was even here? Hands up. Look at that. Look. Look, look at what our God's done. And you're like, oh, this guy, that doesn't seem like God done much. I, I'm telling you right now. What he has accomplished in us and through us and with us over the last four years, he has done a tremendous amount of work. And you can look at it however you want to look at it, and we can talk later if you want to, whatever, whatever we need to do. But I believe, I believe that God has done a work over the last four and a half years whereby he has pruned and he has got us to the place where he can use us, where he's got us to the place where I believe we're more unified than we've ever been, where we're more focused than we've ever been, where we're, where we're more giving than we've ever been, that we're trying to live out and take serious more so than we've ever been. More so than we've ever been. I believe that's God's work, that he's done that. That he is, he is, he's accomplished by pruning what would appear to be a brand new congregation. We're, we're almost as if we're talking about planting a church. We are a church plant again. We're a new group of people that gather here that really don't know each other that well, that great. That, that's, that really maybe haven't, haven't done what we've seen here. And what I'm telling us is that we need to. We need to learn to care for one another better. We need to learn to, to love one another better. We need to learn to be connected better. And the thing that connects us is, is Jesus. That's what we see happening here in the early church. That's what's taking place. And I believe my heart, our heart here at New Life, is that discipleship is the way that it happens and, and doing life together. And one of the ways that we accomplish that is through being in life groups. That's why we're going to be so serious about it this year. That's why we're going to press you. That's why you're going to see it everywhere. That's why we're going to ask you. One of, the, one of the questions we're going to ask you to begin with, after you've been here any amount of time, where, where are you walking relationally with people? Are you in a group? Oh, you're busy on Tuesday nights? Great. So am I. Wednesday night? Wednesday night? Okay, Wednesday night too? Okay, thir- Thursday night? You're, you're busy Thursday night? Friday night? Uh, Friday night? Saturday? Yeah, Saturday's busy for me too. So, Sunday? Okay, Sunday? Monday? Well, we went through every day of the week. If you're that busy, you need to cut some stuff out that doesn't matter. I'm just saying... It says they did it day to day. They were devoted to the things that mattered. Devoted to the things that mattered. So verse 47, he keeps on going. He says this. He says, in praising God and having favor with all people. This is my hope for us here as we start to wind down. Man, man, that we live lives that praise and make much of God. Praising God, having favor with all people. That, that, that we have favor in our community that we have favor outside of our community, that, that, we, have, that we have favor everywhere we go, that God, that God would allow us to have favor and his anointing on us everywhere we go, everything that we do for his glory, for his honor. Even those who are anti, so that they would say, man, I don't, I don't believe like them, but there's just something different about those people. The way they live, the way they do, the way they care for one another. And then, and then look right here, look at what God did as a result of his people loving him and caring for each other, loving each other, and living out community. Look, 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 at, look, at, look at what he does here. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Day by day. Those who are being saved. Church, that's what it draws. That's what it tracks. Us being willing to step out and share and tell. And live what we share and tell. And hear me, we don't live what we share and tell perfectly. We don't do that. We don't. And that's fine. That's quite all right. We own it. We repent. We keep on walking. When we lose it, we lose it. And then we say, God, help me not lose it. When we mess up and we say something we shouldn't say, God, God, break my heart and help me, forgive me. And then we keep on walking and trucking. And the great thing is that's why we've got a group of people around us who care for us and love us and call us on it. Because they're devoted to the Lord and they're devoted to us. And church, I just believe that, that people, just like what we see here, what we know of the scriptures here, like the people today and they're looking for something they're hungry for something to be a part of they're looking for something of actual substance and truth and realness because I believe God created us that way he made us that way to to walk relationally with other people to, to join in in true fellowship and community he created us that way so what we see here in this story in these scriptures is a day where the world saw people living life upside down, loving in such a way, giving in such a way, caring for in such a way that there was hope that was found. They saw something that they wanted in their life. See, they saw the church being Jesus in the world. They saw the church being consistent and real. They saw Jesus and what his heart was like and what he was like. 
they saw people doing what Jesus told them to do in glad obedience. And as a result of that, God worked and did and radically changed, radically changed them and the world. So the man comes back up. man comes back up. My prayer is that God would do the same thing in us. He would do the same thing in us that he would work and he would do. So, so when I say, man, I am, I am serious about us sharing the gospel, that, that we need to be devoted and we need to be, be serious and aware of telling other people about Jesus because that, that's where salvation is found, right? In Christ and Christ alone, nothing else. And so in us doing that, us sharing, us telling, man, God can use that. God can work in that. God can do in that. Us getting people in group. The reason I want you in group is because we need to do this. We need to, I don't know about you. You may not. I need you. Like, I, I, need, I need you. I need you to love me enough to walk with me and to care for me. When was the last time you heard a pastor say that? I mean, I, I know the struggles I've got. I know those areas that, that I'm weak in. I know the hang-ups that I've got. I know the things that, uh, that, that don't please the Lord. I know, I know, I know those, the, the stuff that so easily can entangle me. And then on top of that, I'm married. Like, I don't know how to take the laugh. Is that like a, he's married, what? Or is it like a, hey, we know you, poor, poor girl. And I want to be a godly husband. I want to be a, a husband that, that, that at the end of my life, she says, yeah, no, no, he, he, he loved me like the church did. And now he struggled at it sometimes, but, but man, he, he laid his life down for me and he sacrificed and he cared for and he walked with and he showed us who Jesus was and what he was like. And I need people in my life to, to, to press me on that. I need people in my life to, I need, I need to see that lived out too. I, I want to encourage by, by how you do that, how you live that out, how you, uh, how you, how you even walk with your children. Like, I, like, I want to be encouraged by that. I mean, I got three of those things, man. My wife's got four because I'm counted in on that count, apparently, so I hear. <laughs> and like, we, we, we need people. Good gosh, we need people to help us and encourage us. Man, it, the, 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 it takes a village. Yeah, it ta- I'm saying it takes a whole dang church. That's what it takes. And they're preacher's kids too, yo. So, I mean, it's going to be, you're talking about th- those kind. But no, but no, we need that. I need that. I, I need to do life with. I need to walk with. So it's not just a, it's not just a hey, we, we need you in a group. But I need you in a group for me. So I, can get, so I can get encouraged. So I can be cared for. So I can do the same thing for you. So, so that we can, we, we want everybody in this place to be loved and cared for. Everybody. And there's no way that the people and staff can do that. There's no way. Jesus, the greatest man ever lived, had how many? Twelve. And he even had the three. Right? And if Jesus, God in the flesh, couldn't do it, what makes us think that the staff can? That's why we want to break it down more. That's why we want to get you involved in walking with and doing life with. Caring for. Because I know that there's people in this room that have walked through things that, can, that, can, that would be a better source to talk to and be encouraged by than me because I've never done that. Now, now, we'll get to the Word of God, and we'll look at it, and we can press there. But, man, that, that, that man or that woman who has walked through it firsthand and who God has brought through, oh, man, the, the insight and the depth that they can give you and, and what they could do for you. And, man, how that starts to come out in group. Man, how that starts to come out when the environment's been set. Man, man when, we've, when we've cared for each other well like this, when we've walked with each other well like this, when we've, when we've invested in, man, what God can do in those moments and those times so that's my prayer. That's my hope is that he does the same in us as we see done here in Acts chapter 2. That's, that's, that's what I'm praying and begging God. So it brings us <coughs> to this year's goals a little bit more. <coughs> because I just think healthy things grow. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of something like what we've just read, what we've just saw? And, and imagine, church, if we live that out and we do that. So I'm praying, and I, I feel like I feel even cheap. 30, 30, 30 people be baptized and saved this year through us, sharing the gospel. If we share the gospel with a thousand people, I believe God will do far more than that. I'd love to see 20% growth here. 20% growth of God just adding to, adding to the number. Adding to why, so, that, so that we can be serious about getting out even more. I mean, we, we've got a church plant coming up in September. And right now we have one person on the list who said, man, I, I, would, be, I would be 
I want to know more about what it would mean to go over there and live my life and do life there for the year. And, and maybe you're sitting here this morning, maybe God's kind of been stirring there, but, but, but if that's the case, man, here, in a, here in a couple weeks, we're going to meet, we're going to talk about what that looks like, what that means. And, and our heart's always going to be to do this, to raise up, to send you out. To raise you up, to send you out. That, that, that's, that's the heart, that's, that's what we see in the scriptures. Because there's communities and there's places, have you not seen the growth here? To keep up with the loss rate, the amount of churches that need to be planted in a year is astronomical. And so we've, we've got to be serious and focused in on. We've got to set some goals and some targets out that we can shoot for. So that's, that's what I'm laying before you. And I'll ask this, are you devoted? Are you all in? Man, 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 we, we want you fully in. If you're not a believer, you've got to start there. And we'd love to talk more about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. But we want you to be devoted. We want you to be devoted to his word, reading it, meditating. We want you to be devoted to fellowship. We want you to be devoted to doing life as we see here in Acts chapter 2. And so I don't know what God stirred in your heart this morning. I don't know. But man, imagine, imagine what he could do in us if we lived this way. If we were so devoted like this. And so as I look around the room, I can't wait to see what God does in your heart, in you, with you. What group you join in the next six months. How you give your life away. How you start to care for well. How you start to have conversation with somebody who's walked through the same thing that you've walked through. To see God work in that and doing that. I mean, I cannot wait to see what God's going to do as a result of this. Because we're going to be sold out to this. We're going to be, this is the drum that we're going to beat and bang on all the time. This is what we're longing for and what we're wanting. And I want you to be a part of. I want you to be a part of seeing God work and do in this world for his glory and for our good. Father, help us this morning to hear from you. Father, help us this morning to be aware of, to be in tune with. God, that you, that you would make your presence known. God, to save the lost. God, stir the ones that aren't devoted like what we see here. God, stir me. God, I know that there's areas that I need to be more devoted, I need to be more submitted to, that I need to be more committed and in for. And so God, I pray that you would just show us that. And Father, we'd repent of sin and that we'd run after you. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we praise you. It's all for your name and your glory. We pray. Amen.